0: James, welcome to the podcast. Now, first of all, I'd like to apologize for the lack of episodes in the last week. Obviously, circumstances have been a little bit strange um, with the whole country being down in lockdown. Um, so we've been trying to figure out what sort of content we could bring you here on the Welsh Rugby podcast. And um, today we've got a, a special episode, which hopefully will become a series if uh, if all things go well. Um, basically, we're going to speak to different rugby internationals, Welsh rugby internationals, uh, and, and pick out five games that change their career or, or change their rugby lives. So first up, we've got Lee Byrne. Okay, joined by uh, Lee Byrne. Um, first of all, Lee, how are you, how you doing? Yeah, good thanks. You
1: know, uh obviously the same as everybody else, frustrated, but you know, there's nothing we can do and we gotta stay at home, like everybody said, take the advice and uh yeah, and sure we'll uh we'll get out soon.
0: I how are you finding lockdown? You get any of your one walk a day in?
1: Yeah, I've got, you know, three dogs and a newborn baby, so uh you know, to be honest the day's going quite quick as they do with the newborn. So uh yeah, there's not really uh, – I just said to Andrea, I said, you know, I, I want to get things done, but actually I, I actually can't because uh, I'm looking after the baby all day. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's obviously, like I said, frustrating for everybody, but it's uh, it's the best thing to do and the safest thing to do. So, uh, you know, we need to stick to advice. Yeah,
0: I think that's what everyone's finding. You know? They they think there's going to be plenty of time to get stuff done around the house and then <laughs> in three weeks' time or so, whatever, they're going to realise they haven't done anything.
1: Yeah, then you put on Netflix and you end up on the sofa and then it's four <laughs> o'clock. Um, so yeah, this uh, yeah I think you know like I said it's going, it's gone quite quick for myself, but uh, yeah. So there's other things you you we could be doing.
0: <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, so the reason we're doing this podcast um, is I set you a little homework to be honest, didn't I? Um, to sort of choose sort of five games that changed your rugby career or defined your rugby career, and you you've gone and done that. So we'll, we'll crack on and we'll get into them. So the first of these is Scarlets against Connacht, 2005, up in Wrexham. So talk me through that one.
1: <laughs> yeah a bit of a bit of a stranger actually when I was typing it in looking for the date yesterday um I was hoping it might have been a bit of footage but I, I couldn't find any so I, yeah thinking about that I think you know we it'd be nice to get a bit of footage you know back when you look back over the years you know but um yeah I think for me that this game was important I probably you know I joined the Scarlet from um Tondi um you know as a as an amateur really played not even professional on a on a development contract and um I was given the chance out with gareth jenkins and i I unfortunately went to dubai um, and I'd done my cruciate knee ligament, so I was out for a year, my first year um, after joining for athlete and this was the second year and um, so I think it was one of my first starts and um it was up in Wrexham, and I just remember it, you know it became one of my trademarks at the end um, in my career but um i put, I remember up and up and under up, and I remember Matt Most in the winger um he was playing the corner at the time you know he was quite an established player um well thought of and uh, I remember going up for high ball, uh, regathered um, and running from the 22 and scored a try and then obviously it was pretty special for me because after the game I had man a match and Ray Gravel interviewed me and uh, I remember him saying, you know, um, for me, um, you know, a future Welsh international and that's all stuck by me, um, you know, obviously Ray Gravel's words, uh, for one, you know, a great guy, um, growing up on the Scarlet's, always around the you know, the team and the and, you know, the training field and uh, yeah, just coming from him and you know, obviously with my the stage of my career I was in, um yeah, just just stuck in my mind really and uh, yeah it was it was an amazing achievement for myself.
0: I think you won you won man of the match in that game and you, and you scored a try, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah I did, because
0: yeah. obviously I think Connaught hadn't lost to the Scarlets at Straddy Park in the league up to that point. They'd always won at Straddy Park, obviously went up to Wrexham. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I suppose that's that's the way it goes. But
1: yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was different, you know, for me as well. Playing up in Wrexham as well, you know, for big football ground. We had the old Stradi Park, and it wasn't many sort of big stadiums around at the time. You know, it was a it was a nice big ground as well. And uh, yeah, it was yeah, just I just remember it. And like I said, it became a trademark in the end. But I think that was probably one of the very first times I done it.
0: And that was I think that was was it the second second game of the, the the season. That was early on in the season, wasn't it? Like second game and. Off the, off, was, the yeah. off the back of that, then I think you put together a sort of string of performances, and and you ended up with a with a Wales call up in the autumn, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that's right. You know, we ended up playing Leeds in in sort of the EDF as it was then. Um, you know, I played well in that game as well. You know, they had the likes of Justin Marshall and uh, Sneiman and all that, them guys playing them in Um and I remember going outside Borshaw I've told him that two times as well. So yeah, I sort of you know I sort of kicked on my career after that game really.
0: So talk to me about that, that autumn, because you made your debut against New Zealand of all teams, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. Um, unfortunately, it was like 41 points, I think, we lost. And uh, <laughs> it was nice to get my debut, but uh, obviously I'd get against the All Blacks, there's no better team to do it against. But um, yeah, obviously the scoreline wasn't pretty. And uh, I remember coming on first, uh, well, for, for Gareth Thomas, actually, you know, one of my heroes growing up um, in Bridget. And, you know, he was... Uh, He was an icon around the town. So, you know, that was pretty special. And then I remember taking a short ball up the middle from Stephen Jones when I first touched his. And obviously a great friend of mine who he became in the end, uh, Jerry Collins, just absolutely um, sort of blindsided me into my ribs. Um, I remember just on the floor, lying down with stars going in my head, thinking, what the hell has that happened? I remember looking up and JC's over the top of me saying, hey, bro, step next time. (laughs) And that was my first... uh, (laughs) My first touch in international rugby, I remember looking back up at him and I said, hey bro, I haven't got a step, so this is going to be a long five minutes. <laughs> so, after that we became, you know, obviously when he moved to the Osprey, he's good friends, very good friends, but yeah, I was, always remember that. I knew, I found a picture as well, um, which is on my Instagram, of him doing it. So, yeah, that was a, uh, well, it was pretty special to make my debut, but I'd always remember that moment.
0: <laughs> I suppose that brings us quite nicely onto the second game you picked, which was England against Wales 2008. And I think everyone remembers that. And, and that was a real sort of breakthrough moment for you because you had about 14 caps at that point, didn't you?
1: Yeah. You know, obviously, everyone remembers it because of the try. But for me, you know, it was probably the easiest try I'm ever going to score in my career. Uh, we'll ever score. James Hook done all the work. Um inside me, um, you know, a great bit of magic, um Saki and then just drew, I think it was uh, Simon Shaw. But, yeah, you know, it was, I wasn't up to that point. You know, my career was, like you said, stopped starting. It was in and out. I, I was out. I was, you know, didn't really put a, run the games together or establish myself in any, you know, club or international. And I don't know what happened really that moment. It was I scored that try. I wasn't particularly setting the game alight, you know, I didn't, weren't playing particularly great, I weren't playing bad, but I weren't playing great, I scored that try, and I and we won the game, I probably didn't do anything after that, after that moment either, um, you know, that was significant in the result, but um, I don't know, something happened that gave me confidence, I think Gatlin and Sean Edwards came into the squad as well, and they just kept on giving me confidence, I think, that that I needed, Um you know, obviously you know, Mike Reddick gave him my first cap and I always thank him for that. And um, you know, and he's a great coach. Um and then Gatlin came in and I think, you know, after that win I think we all grew as a team and as a nation really and um yeah, just, just I just went on to obviously some place of the best rugby that year and the year after, really after that that try. Just something changed with, you know, the coaching um and, and the team really that I was playing in.
0: How did you find the difference in camp? Because obviously you won 14 caps under the Gareth Jenkins and yeah, even even Mike Ruddock. Um, how how yeah. did you find it when Gatling came in?
1: Well, you know we, we all know what was happening. In that game game half time we were losing. Uh, James Hook and, and Hugh Bennett saved that try with Paul Saki just before half time. I think it was 12 five down or 14 five. I can't remember. It was close. And uh, sorry, it was yeah. I think it was one of them two and. Um, yeah, you know, usually we would have gone in half-time, heads would have been down. You know, England are on the rampage at Twickenham. haven't won one there in 22 years. Here we go again. And it was just a calmness in the change room. Um, Gats, you know, stood up and said, guys, they've, they've thrown everything at you. And, they, you know, they, they're 10 points up. Um, and we were like, geez, this is a bit different. You know, it's not shouting games, not slagging it's, it's like off matches. It's just like everyone calm, Sean Edwards calm, just do your roles, and we're going to win. And, you know, I think that for that moment onwards, I think that's what it was. It was a complete change, change of mindset. You know, we've seen, seen someone so calm um, in the changing rooms and not getting frustrated and you know losing losing the plot really.
0: Uh, and then talk to me the sort of the elation of full time because, as you say, Wales hadn't won at Twickenham for a very long time.
1: I don't think we probably realised what we have done really at the end. If Mike Phillips scored that try. As he always reminds me, it was him that won the match, not me. Um, But yeah, he scored that try to win the game, Um, and I think yeah, I just just don't think we'd we'd really. uh, Well, I I certainly was excited at full time, but it didn't sink in till after the match. I don't think you know, probably a couple of days after, you know, what we'd done, significance of it. Um, So yeah, it uh, it was a pretty special moment for me, really.
0: And from that moment onwards, the, the full-back jersey was yours because before that, you'd obviously been competing with Kevin Morgan and, and Alfie and, and you'd even played on the wing for Wales. But then, from, from that moment onwards, after that Twickenham game, yeah. the 15 jersey was yours.
1: Yeah, I think I laid on a marker. Well, not after that game. Not because of the way I played. I think it was because Gatlin didn't want to change the team. And then I sort of grew as a player and got better in each game. So, I think it was after, from there on in, you know.
0: Because that was... He um, obviously picked thirteen ospreys, didn't he?
1: He did, yeah. Uh, Mark Jones was there, I think, and Alex Popham, if I remember rightly. Um,
0: was it Martin? Yeah. Was it Martin in the forwards? Popham right, came on, sorry, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. After that, yeah, he picked thirteen ospreys, and um, you know, I think we were doing well in Europe at the time. Um, he didn't want to change anything because he'd only been, you know, in the country a month, and it, it was too soon to do to change things around, and it was a. You know, I think he was a great decision. I mean if we look back at it, um, you know, it, would he have done it again? I'm not sure. But it, you know, obviously, Warren—he's, you he know, his stuff, and yeah, uh, he was pretty sure we could we could turn him over. In half-time, like I said, you know, it was, it was so calm in
0: it? How, how often have you watched that try back?
1: Well, I I actually have. Like I said, it's probably the easiest try I've ever scored, so it's not one of my highlights on the on the show reel, to be honest. With you. But if you go on YouTube and and so to that it obviously comes up but I think bit, I have got the picture of my house because it's a bit of an iconic moment because you've got body Wilkins in the background uh, Henson uh, Hook you know and, and scoring that try so for me it was a special moment but like I said I scored better tries but <laughs> it was just that, yeah it was a moment
0: because what makes it as well as Eddie Butler's commentary over top of it
1: yeah I know I was at a dinner not so long ago and he actually it was like 500 people in the dinner and he actually yeah uh, Replayed it out in his in, over the microphone, so it was a bit embarrassing.
0: <laughs> is he oh, is he I living know. off that try more than you then? He
1: is. Yeah, I was <laughs> hiding on the table when
0: he started doing that. <laughs> of course, we'll p- move on to the the third match. You, you got sort of the ultimate honour as a home nations player, which is to be picked for the Lions. Um, and and the match you've chosen is the first match of that tour against the the Royal Fifteen, which, in fairness, wasn't a vintage team display, was it?
1: No, um obviously getting selected from the Lions was unbelievable. Um I think when you look back at it now I went out in New Zealand as a non player, uh, obviously working out there and when I retired and you know, I I, re- I realised how much it meant to people, um being out there, you know, as a non player with supporters, you know, saved up you know, four ages to to go and watch you, and then when you're stuck in the moment, you don't really appreciate. I'm actually, yes, you're allowed to, you know, mingle a bit and go out, but you don't don't appreciate really how, how much people, you know, how much they do, to really, to get on that tour. And um, yeah, I think obviously the Lions brand is a is a massive thing. And there was talk, you know, of not not working, and I just think that's and uh, yeah obviously that first game against um, the royal 15 um, I think it was in brastenburg uh, um yeah they, we were losing 25-13 um i think it was 12 minutes ago uh, we were 40 odd points favorites in the bookies as well um, not that i'm a betting man that, but that's what i was told um, and um, yeah, it was, it, like I said, we were favourites. I, I had the the nod to start first Lions game. Um, Rustenburg, you know, hell of an achievement. And uh, Shane Shane passed me the ball, and uh, yeah, I put, like I, like my first try. I put it up and under up. Um, probably wasn't the best directed up and under. I like him to go a bit straighter than that and um, get under them. But I thought here we go. So I kicked it, sort of mishit it a little bit. Um, went into the middle of the field, and I I seen it coming down, and I just volleyed it on my right foot um got a lovely bounce over the the player's head um and then chased after it and kicked it again my left bounced up again uh into my arms and then went in from the 22. um and for me after that try um i sort of i think you know obviously you know i don't like to to blow smoke but yeah but i think you know obviously i sort of made that comeback happen with that try and um, so much obviously we, i know we went on lost the test in the very end but so much. It could have been a disastrous start to the to the tour, really, losing the first game. Um it's pretty special that we, you know, obviously we scored that try. We came back, and won the game. But uh, so sort I've of galvanised um, the jersey, the 15 jersey all the way through. Then until obviously, then, unfortunately, I got injured in um, the first test. So um, yeah, it, you know, it was pretty. I, I do watch that try back quite a bit, actually. Well, not quite a bit, but when I
0: go to dinner <laughs> it
1: sounded like I got I got on my uh, saved on my laptop then
0: not much doing lockdown is there <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I, just, I, just it. I just watch it I try every day um, when I go to dinners and you know I do they, they, they play the highlights reel and that's usually when that's on there and uh, yeah it does make the hairs on my arm stand up you know um, yeah it was, it was a great a great moment really for me and uh, yeah when I forget I'll uh, never forget
0: because you also you played the big part in the winning try which was Alan Wynne-Jones wasn't it from a, from a driving mall then you put in about a 60 meter kick the Bjorn Basson sort of Oh well, uh, Fumbled into I touch shot.
1: To, I didn't want to bring that up. <laughs> we were, my dear, we were at altitude, so you know. <laughs> no, uh, I just remember in that game. It was I'd never experienced anything like like the air was, you know, like I said, it was it was so thin and, and and to get and it was flies probably the size of bloody birds flying around. It was it was unbelievable. I don't know what the hell was going on, um, but it was yeah, it was uh, it was a special moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, when experience obviously uh, anything like of you know, the conditions and you know, what was around us and just just everything really.
0: What was the culture like around? Because especially that first match wasn't the, the king of the royal Bafokeng nation was there. Like what 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 was yeah, that yeah. like?
1: Yeah, it, it was like I said, it was bizarre. The whole just it was everybody. It was I think I remember there's a football team that play there and they've got the same sort of kit as uh, Celtic in, in Scotland and. Uh, you know, it was just green and white hoop uh, football jerseys all the way around the field. I was thinking, you know, bloody hell, we, we, where the hell? I might have Rangers and Celtic came or something. I didn't know where the hell I was, but the atmosphere was unbelievable. Although it was quite empty, you know, you had everybody singing and banging drums, and so yeah, you know, like I said it's one of them games I look back and probably never forget it. And
0: obviously that that tour, I was watching back the um the, the documentary the other day, and that that tour was special and. You know, I suppose Ian McGeechan being in charge helped make it. But what what made it so special? Because coming on the back of 2005 and that Lions tour, which was a disaster, 2009 really helped put the, the Lions back where it should be.
1: Yeah, I think obviously you know, South Africa were you know going to South Africa is one of you know, one of the hardest places to go. The way the players they had at the time back, he's both uh, Ibanez, you know, Schalk Burger, um, all these players at the you know the top of their game, uh, Morne Steyn. Uh, Jacques Curie you know he was yeah uh, Brian Urbana his list was on you know and so he played against the very very best there and uh, yeah we just we competed and, and pushed him so far and we, we could have won the tour and I think it did it restored a bit of pride in the Lions jersey after the you know the disastrous tour really in, in 2005
0: what was it like playing for Ian McGeacan because I don't think anyone gets the Lions like Ian McGeeken does
1: yeah, you know, yeah, he does. Yeah, and I think Gax is, is taking that mantle off of him now as well. You know, he, that was his first tour under McGeegan, so you know, he probably he learned a lot. And uh, yeah, you could say he's a bit of um, yeah, he, like I said, you know, he laid the foundations to keep McGeegan. And we had Willie John McBride there, um, presenting the jersey the first test, that was pretty special as well. And again, you look back uh, and think, wow, well, what a moment that was at the time. You know, you're just focusing on bloody hell, I just want to get out there and. And, and and do my best but you know when you get five minutes and you retire you look back and think wow that's incredible
0: obviously your tour ended in injury and then so did so many other players tour ended injury have you ever known a test series that was just so physical and, and ended up with so many sort of casualties
1: yeah you look, I know I don't want to be one of them players that says oh, in my day you know <laughs> that would have been a yellow or red card you know because I, I hate that but if you do look back at some of them rucks and you know when I'm looking back at through them games, I think you know, <laughs> that would be a, probably a six-month ban now. The, After them cleanouts and them rucks and uh, you know when you go back, he's both are running full pelt and uh, ripping someone over the rack by the neck. <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible, but you know it was the way it was. So you know, it's, uh, different eras. So yeah, it, it, yeah, probably uh, not many plays would last long now.
0: Indeed. Um, let's move on to the fourth game then. We got Leinster against the Ospreys 2010. So was it the Magnus League final then, wasn't it? I think that's what it was it, back then. It
1: was. And this was, this is probably a different stage in my career. Um, you know, 2008 and 2009, probably, you know, the best times. It was still good times because I went out to France and established myself after that. But, you know, we started to get a bit of a, you know, with the Welsh management, not fallout, but it was started, the cracks started to appear. And I don't know, I don't know. I probably weren't playing, you know, confidence-wise, wasn't playing particularly great. And, uh, yeah, it was just that game in Leinster, you know, again, they were favourites. Um, they got, they, I think, they, I can't remember if it was before they lifted the Heineken Cup or was that. Yeah, it was before they won the Heineken Cup. Um, you know, and again, they were favourites going into that game at Leinster. Um, yeah, from the start, the magnitude of that win was was unbelievable, really, if you look back. And, yeah, I scored that I scored that try. Um, I think that was one of, you know, up there, one of my favourites as well. Uh, when I handed Darcy uh, off, and then obviously he uh, slipped was coming across, and uh, yeah, he just went went round and scored that try. It just yeah, just I remember confidence-wise was it was it filled me, yeah, and I went on and played really well that match. So
0: that was that was the first league title the Ospreys had won, wasn't it? And you yourself had you, you were part of the the Scarlet's team that that won the title they you in 2004. But I suppose this was the first time you'd really been involved, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, um, you know, like you said, I said, I was involved as squad member. Scarlets played the old game we were in there, but nothing massive. And but I just think going out to Leinster at the time when they were so dominant um, in Europe, um, Ospreys, I know they became a bogey side really for them in in them finals in the end. But um, yeah, just I think it was just a you know massive win really in front of a like I said a home home soil for, for Leinster. They didn't expect to lose that game and. Uh, yeah,
0: I just remember on the day we walked in and uh, yeah, we had a we had a great party after. I can imagine. <laughs> was that that Dublin, was it? That was a Sunday morning job or? You are? Was that till Sunday morning or was that Oh, it all till
1: Sunday
0: morning. All till Sunday. Well, I mean that was <laughs> that was some team, wasn't it? Back then the Ospreys team. You look. Just you know, you look at that team. Even the pack, you had Jonathan Thomas playing in the second row just cuz you had you know Marty Holler, Jerry Collins, Fiore Um Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it, across the board, it was uh, exceptional team. Like I said, one of the best. I obviously I was lucky enough in Claremont to play some amazing players. Uh, but the Osprey, yeah, two two teams actually. You know, Starlet, uh, sorry, the Ospreys and um, and, the, and the Claremont. Both, I was lucky enough to play when they you know, the peak of their sort of powers, I suppose, um, and the players really.
0: What was it like having those players come across? Obviously, you men- mentioned Jerry Collins. You got Marty Holler, Theo Tiatia, Tia, Tommy Bow came from Ireland and, and made the massive impact. Justin Marshall,
1: Nicky Walker, Nicky yeah, Walker, they, yeah. Every yeah, you forget about players, not forget about them, but just you know maybe they were they were sort of rotated, you know, and uh, just uh, incredible, really. Yeah, like I said. Um, Oh yeah, you can't can't imagine where, where you don't know where to start really of how good the, he was. Trade. And even Andrew, you know, I say I always say this, Andrew Bishop done together. Um, you know, he was one of the well, he's probably thought of the most probably by any player in the Ospreys, I would say, probably because um, people didn't you know think of him as this sexy player sort of you know, but he was the glue to our midfield. If um, Fish weren't playing then. I knew um, I'd be making 10 more tackles again a fullback.
0: See, He set up the first try. Didn't he set up Tommy Bowe's try in that final? He cut a great line off Dan Bigger, I think. What's that? Didn't he, I think Bish set up Tommy Bowe's try in that final, the first try. Yeah,
1: he did, yeah. Um, you know, he was, he's just, uh, yeah, like I said, he's exceptional. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, when he's not playing, you know, I just think um, he's just so underrated you know, we used to call him Ron Seal um, Desiree says in the tin he <laughs> used to laugh at that but yeah you, you can't imagine playing you know, I've seen I'm not, I'm not having ambition in the midfield maybe you're so much confident and uh, so much better going on that field I think
0: I guess that's that's the key to great teams isn't it? it's having you know exports who are going to be there every week like Marty Holland who are top quality and then it's having great yeah. great club men who that maybe aren't going to be recognised at international level, but are still fantastic players like Andrew Bishop.
1: Yeah, you know we went on another few caps in Wales. I probably thought you should have had a few more, but you know it's, uh, it's just the way it is, isn't it? You know, but yeah, he certainly was uh, Mr Osprey I think for us.
0: And that brings us on to the final game. You've mentioned Claremont, and this is Ospreys v Claremont 2010. Talk, talk me through that one.
1: Yeah, special because I was actually playing for the Ospreys at the time. Um I didn't know I didn't know, you know, what to expect and uh, I was running out in front of you know twenty two thousand people and starred Marcel Michelin. Um never been there before, never played there before and uh, I remember running out and to this day I'll never forget the atmosphere, you know, and I was lucky enough in the end to, to run out and run that every week for them. But I was running, thinking, "What? You know, this is unbelievable. It lifted my game so much. Um, play, playing against them, and I think that's what every it happens. To every team is intimidating, but you also get the best out of you. on that day, you got the best out of me, even though we lost the game 26-5. Um, I played really well in that game, and you know, I just couldn't. You know, obviously the in the crowd. I thought to myself, "Imagine playing you week in, week out. Um, I've never experienced atmosphere like it, apart from." You know, Principality Stadium or Millennium Stadium it was at the time. Um, that was the only time that anything had come near that. Um, and then a year later, um, they came knocking at the door. Um, you know, A few other clubs had come as well, knocking. and, you know, I think B. Ritz was one of them, by the beach. They were a good club at the time. Um, and I just went to Claremont because I, I wanted to experience that atmosphere every week. Um, and I did. Uh, and I, you know, I enjoyed my time up there.
0: When Claremont came knocking, was that... I suppose a fairly simple decision to make that it was going to be them if you were going to move, given you know what you'd experienced. It
1: was. It was only after that game, I, I probably would have changed my mind. I, you know, I don't think I would have been. Um, I don't think I would have done that. um gone there. You know, after, if I had, you know, hadn't p- experienced that atmosphere, but I think I've played there, um, seen what it, you know how mad it is. It's uh, you know you're like a god there, um, that that is where I wanted to go, um, and that's where I went. To. I think it was the right decision and the right club for me.
0: I suppose a lot of Welsh players went to France around that time, but you were one of the few who probably, you know, enjoyed success over there, didn't you? You know, a lot of boys found the grass wasn't necessarily green and and came back fairly soon, but you you had some good times, didn't you?
1: I did, yeah. Um, You know, that's probably one of the big achievements for me, actually going over to France and, you know, not not in a bad way, but seeing um, some players come back early, um, you know, some people don't buy into it and you know, just don't quite get on with the style of play and the rugby. But I think I, I really adapted well. Um with we Vern at the time and, you know, I got on really well with Burn Um sent some great players, you know, Jean Marcel Boutlin, Anthony Flosch at fifteen. So they were both French internationals so I was keeping them out of the team. Um at a time when I wasn't getting in the Welsh team. So um, you know, I was doing something right. Um so yeah, I just I just think I like I said I bought into it. And I'll 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 always look back at my time in France and think it was a success.
0: So those are your five games. Um, yeah. Are there any games that stick out from when you were growing up, either either watching or?
1: Yeah, Tondi versus Landerry. uh two thousand. Um, it was because it was a year before he turned professional, went and got a development contract from, from an athlete. Um, I think it was Nigel Davis who was watching at the time. Um, um, yeah, it was. The every had um a few Scarlets players coming back from injury, and we were playing Tondi at Pandy Park in Bridgend. Um, and I was going to say to you actually about this, actually, to put this try in. <laughs> so I'm glad you asked me. Um and it became, again, going back to the Connaught game, it was a, a moment where I got the ball. Um, it was a, probably a better try than the Connaught one. Uh, put an up and under up from inside my own half, caught it in just by the 22. And then when when an opposing scored a try, it was a Thursday night, um, under floodlights, scored that try. And that was a moment I thought to myself, "Wow, I think I could make it here. Um, I was still playing amateur. Um, and then... Huw Jones was coaching us at the time, um, former Welsh athlete, in Wales prop, and scored that try uh, a couple of days later. Huw Jones rang up and said Nigel Davis was watching that game. They wanted to go down um, and have a chat with you. I was, I was like, well, you know, at the time, you know, I was like, well, I didn't even know where an is. I've never been there, so I took him. That he took me down, I met Nigel Gareth, and then. Yeah, you like the uh, side a development contract. From that moment, there was a moment I told myself I could like make it as a professional rugby player.
0: So. And the rest is history.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. So, of those five games then, which would you say is the most special and, and when do you think you were playing your best rugby?
1: Oh, jeez. Come on, I've given you five. I was out of there. <laughs> um, oh, God. Um, probably uh, the easiest try I've scored, but probably because
0: of the way my career went Wales versus
1: England try there we go
0: 2008 can't oh. argue with that um, <laughs> <laughs> just just an excuse to get Eddie Butler doing more dinners isn't
1: it
0: yeah there we go brilliant um, thanks for that league taking a trip down oh. uh, memory lane um, I'll, yeah. le- I'll leave I'll you now to, to get back to, to lockdown
1: I'm just going to go on YouTube and have a look at my
0: tries again after that now. Oh, you're going to be spending the whole day then.
1: <laughs> cheers, mate. Cheers,
0: brilliant.